Welcome to Real Moms Get Real. Thanks for joining us. I'm Maureen. And I'm Deirdre. And we're delighted you're with us today. We are uh, in summer 2019 as we as we talk, Deirdre, with uh, the leaves blowing in the wind and more and more people swimming and hiking and taking vacation. Oh, yeah. We love this time of year. We have to remember, though, to put on the sunblock because Use you and your I sunblock. are both very fair. I know. And, and I, uh, I, it's so sad. I've been burned to a crisp a couple of summers, especially my childhood. So, so I yeah, I don't know if you painful. can ever get that good skin back, but keep that, uh, that suntan lotion but on. We love, yeah, we love this time of year. And on this podcast, we're not only talking about summer issues, including, sadly, Deirdre, um, the issue of people leaving their pets in hot cars. Oh, man. Even while they run into the store, they think for a couple of minutes, what's the big deal? They crack the window open. They think everything's fine. Well, you were just referencing some research that says it is not fine to do that. It isn't. And, you know, where where people hopefully... Uh, will remember to remove a baby or children from a hot car. A lot of times you don't remember that that little dog, yeah. uh, it, it only takes uh, six minutes that for a dog to overheat. And maybe less, truthfully, and depending on how hot it is. I mean, the is. minute, think about it, right? The minute that air conditioning goes off the car starts to heat up. So everybody, we love pets on Real Moms Get Real. Deirdre, you have three dogs and one cat or two cats? One cat, three dogs, and Gary the tortoise. That's right. <laughs> and I have a dog, two cats, and a, and a rabbit. And so we love our animals here. We've got to remember to take care of them in the summer. And that's actually a good reminder, even if they're not in a car, make sure their bowls of water are refreshed, refilled, um, if they're outside, make sure they have plenty of things to, you know, plenty of bowls of water. Absolutely. And it's like, uh, Maureen, you and I have talked, when I come back from travel, I run to the dog's water bowl because <laughs> a lot of times it's bone dry because my husband forgets that dogs need water. So keep them hydrated. Keep yourself hydrated. Yeah, it's a good room. I keep ourselves, exactly. And our children, of course. We're going to talk about babies and TV. We're going to talk about rocking the home office. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some special people in our lives that we thought might just have been service people, but actually wind up becoming friends. So Deirdre, take it away with the babies and TV topic, which is very hot right now. That is a big topic because we're always finding out more about uh, brain development, brain growth. We're mm-hmm. learning more and more about babies and toddlers and just when information starts making sense to them and when their brain actually is old enough to watch TV. And uh, I have to say, I babysat. I don't have any grandchildren, and my kids are grown, uh, but I babysat a little baby, three months old, um, for two hours this week. That is so sweet. It was wonderful, and it's so funny when you don't have babies around. I had no toys. I had no (laughs) little baby blanket, so I was trying to interest the baby in a copy of War and Peace. <laughs> she did not seem to like that. And I said, well, how do you like this horsey sculpture? How do you like my towels? I mean, yeah. I really need to get some toys. Again, um, right? You yes, can remember when both yes. our homes overflowed with toys. Oh, man. And the Legos, they hurt to step on. That's what I remember. Well, I know someone who banned them from her house. Yeah, Legos when, hurt. When her kids were little. She yeah. said, 
do not give us that as a gift. Yeah, it's off please, the list. <laughs> please don't. Please don't do that. Lincoln logs are a little easier on the feet. But anyway, yeah. babies should not be watching uh, television. And there are some good reasons why. Early brain development. Uh, babies will stare at bright colors. They will stare at things sure. that move, but it doesn't mean they should be watching TV. It's the human interaction that these these tiny infants need. They need to hear mom's cooing, loving voice, dad's interaction and engagement with them. This is how they learn to react to people, to get people's attention. Absolutely. And on and on it goes. Well, um, kids watching TV before the age of uh, 18 months may start to have deficits in uh, comprehension later, reading skills, mm. and short-term memory. Yeah. Now, I've got that problem now, but there's <laughs> a reason for it. So um, I also had so much fun with this baby just looking at each other, which yeah. you forget the simple magic of looking at a baby and a baby looking back at you. Um, so and that baby is looking at your expressions, where your eyes are going, and then the baby will follow what you're looking at, right? It's an amazing interplay. Absolutely. And, you know, part of the issue is children's programming has become so good. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, very educational. So a parent may be kind of duped into thinking, well, I'm getting a head start. Mm -hmm. My baby watches TV. Well, TV should be special. It should be planned for children. It's not, you know, here's the iPad. Now watch a couple hours of yeah. Oprah, and, you know. And pediatricians have, have very specific guidelines on the very minimal, you know, the short amount of television time that children should have. It, it frankly should be as little as possible when they're very, very young. Well, another interesting tidbit on this, toddlers who watch more TV are more likely than their peers to have troubles uh, paying attention by age seven because videos and TV, the um, it's constantly interesting. It's always yeah. changing. Yeah. And, and your brain gets used to taking in information like, like that very quickly. Images, yeah. That's right. So uh, Maureen and I have both raised children. And thank goodness, Maureen, by and large, we were before iPad and all of that um, in terms of handing one to a baby. And, uh, you know, it's important to know how to be bored. It's important to learn at an age-appropriate time. Yeah. And therefore, the child can learn the skills of entertaining himself or herself, of being patient, right? Listening to those around him or her, and more. And, you know, where the science uh, lies is pretty much around a little bit after the age of two. Children can actually start getting things, tangible things, from educational TV. Yeah. But any time before that, you know, 18 months to two years old, um, number one, you're you're helping your child and your future adult for the rest of their lives. Number two, don't miss it yourself. I know. Don't I miss know. that yourself. Well, you know what? We need to bring up um, an old parenting maxim, which is, you know, the days can seem slow, but the years fly. Oh, man. And it's isn't so that true. just the truth? And young moms out there, it is really true. And, you know, that time will come where your kids will plop in front of a TV for hours, but their brains are developed. 
And you yeah. might wonder if they are when they're watching Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> but their brains have developed to the point where they can take that. So uh, I pulled this research from a uh, Dr. David Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, really good tips yeah. on um, just, you know, keep those infants and toddlers away from the tube. You know, I can remember when my children were young is I was not only trying to be as careful as possible about the shows that they watched, but also you got to watch those commercials. You don't want them knowing or all of a sudden desiring sugary cereals or, you know, toys. And what about the embarrassing commercials? Yeah. I mean, there are commercials on now if I'm sitting with my 20-year-old son. It's a little embarrassing. Oh yeah, it's it's almost like anything goes. Anything goes to yeah. to earn a buck, to make a buck. So, you know, I think more and more TV's just turning into kind of a cesspool. You know, well, yeah, and there are some wonderful programs. Uh, just we be have to intentional. That. Sure, be, be intentional, intentional. Be careful. Be uh, plan it right. It's the planning aspect of it. So critical for for parents today. And don't use the TV as a babysitter. Not that anybody listening would do that, but unfortunately there are people out there who do that either because they don't know better or they're truly so pressed for time they don't have you know anything else they can do and it is true and we want to acknowledge those moms that are really working you know two jobs maybe even more yeah and you know we're not preaching or anything we're just saying when possible turn it off and have some eye to eye one-on-one facetime Mm. tell us what you think come to our facebook page real moms get real or connect with us on twitter Real Moms 2, the number two. We'd love to hear from you. So, Deirdre, we're going to go into another topic that both you and I have had quite a lot of experience with. <laughs> Uh-oh. And this is about working at home. Oh, yeah. Working in the home office, if there is such a thing, and it's not just the corner of the dining room, <laughs> which in, for years it was for me. But the, the idea of working moms, working dads, um, being at home, with their kids, working uh, because from the home because that's what's best for the family, and really making that situation, which can be very challenging and very stressful in its own way, but it can also be a privilege that not everybody has. So we want to talk a little bit to you right now about working at home and what comes along with that, the ups, the downs, the things that people don't see, the things that people do see. <laughs> Deirdre, what's, what are some of your experiences? Okay, I have one word, pajamas. <laughs> you can... Pajama bottoms. Uh, pajama <laughs> bottoms, if you have to Skype. Uh, Maureen and I have both worked together um, from home, she and her home, my and mine, uh, for a digital media company. And so we're very practiced, and you've had other roles at home, and so have I. I really only work remotely now because I have that option. Yeah. And uh, I have three dogs that need tendon. But um, it's a skill. The home office is a skill. Mm. Can you stay motivated? Can you stay on task? Um, Those are just two of the issues. Can you take showers? Because, you know, Maureen and I have talked about this, but I tend to be immersive as a home office person. If Mm -hmm. I sit down at my laptop, hey, it might be hours before I get up and yeah. it's not a good thing yeah there was one time my I was I was working in the kitchen at the table and I had not moved for I think 
going on more than three hours for potentially four hours. I mean, any doctor and, will say, get up. And a, move a member around. of my family who shall remain nameless poked me and said, are you okay? Yeah. I was so engrossed in what I was doing and fortunately loving what I was doing that I literally didn't get up in, I, I think it was close to four hours. That's not healthy. Got to be careful. Yeah, it really isn't. And your brain needs those breaks. You yeah. need to recharge. You need to change your scenery a little bit. You know, go, even if it's the other room. Yeah. But um, it's funny trying to do jobs while you're on a conference call. Like, have you ever thrown in laundry while you've been on a conference Not call? Not on a conference <laughs> call, Deirdre. I have. <laughs> but before one or after one, That's potentially. Right. Yeah. I, I've tried to get away with a lot of things. One time I was on a uh, conference call and I was outside and I realized, oh no, you know, it's time for the call. So I dialed in, but I, you know... The material in the call had been gone over uh-huh. so many times that I decided to, there were some hedge clippers, you know, the manual kind. And I said, well, I had the phone in my between my ear and my shoulder. I said, I'll try to trim these edges. Did you have the thing on mute? I had it on one? mute, oh, but gosh. it's scary when mute goes off. Yeah. It's and scary. you don't know it's gone yeah. off. Yeah. 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 So the hedges turned out like a mess and... Uh, yeah, so that's that. But how do you stay motivated? What? Wh- how do you stay motivated at home? There's no one watching. I, it's probably it may depend on someone's personality. It may depend on um, what cohort they're in. Younger people may have a different approach. Um, I usually wake up very early, start working right away. I ha- I have some other friends who work at home. They have a routine. They get up, they take their shower, they get fully dressed, they sit down, they have breakfast, and then they open the laptop. Me, my particular habit is I get up, um, and within about five, ten minutes of waking up, I'm on the laptop working. Right. And later in the day, you know, when I can take a lunch break or whatever, I'll do some other things. I'll obviously grab some lunch, grab some breakfast, whenever that happens, Um but uh, everybody tends to work differently. Now, the WeWorks thing is very interesting. Hmm. Talking about remote work, it's not quite working at home, but it's a, a, a more and more popular option for remote workers. Sometimes you just rent a desk, an office, a conference room, whatever you or your company may need. And more and more people are using WeWork and other organizations to work remotely for their companies. I like that. You know, Maureen, when we were working together, at one point I uh, tried to think about maybe renting a desk at an established office. And turns out online, there are a lot of people, you know, advertising that. Say mm-hmm. you have a real estate company, mm-hmm. they don't have people at the desk, maybe, or they're in and out. You can sometimes, if you know somebody in a business that has an office, say, you know, what would you think? Just for others, the companionship of others, some people are more productive right. when they, you know, there are there's around. a buzz around. Yeah. I, um, I'm very productive in the morning now, and I feel like that's changed with age. I can't do good work late at night mm-hmm. anymore. I've just learned that mm-hmm. about myself. So I'm very productive in the morning, and all I have is coffee. And so my husband, many times, like your, yeah, your husband probably has, has had to nudge me and just say. And and my husband has been working from home for so long. He he is the template. He goes to the gym. Yeah. He and he still works, you know, twelve, fifteen hours a day. Yeah. But he does it in a very healthy. Way. That's smart. Good for him. 
Good for him. Yeah. When when I went back to work after my second son was born, I worked out an arrangement where I was able to go into the office three days a week, but work at home the other two. And I did that for about a year. I think that's so. really the best. But to make that work, because I was still a full, full-time worker five days a week, I had to make some promises to the company, which I was totally fine with. It made sense to me. Sure. Um, and it's I've a been trade-off. On, yeah. And I've been on both sides of that desk, right? Having remote workers work for me and working for people as a remote worker. And um, you need to have a certain start time, an established start time, an established finish time, some check-in points along the way. Um, Deirdre, when we worked together, I did a daily call with the team that everyone dialed into. And also we were online and we could see each other, quote unquote, online on different uh, systems and chat rooms that's and, right. and the like. So, And that there, keeps you motivated. Yeah. And there are way, totally ways to make it work. And I've seen it work very, very well. But there have to be some checkpoints. I think you're right. And I think the remote worker, you know, pretty quickly, if you're at home and not doing what you should be doing, people will know. Because we're talking about, you know, pretty much online work. Um, yeah. So so your boss is going to know if you're not producing. I think the problem is more the other way with, with total immersion. And uh, But home offices are fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I used to come into our office, uh, which was in a major city, oh, man, I was so excited. I would dress up and, you know, get out of the pajamas. But uh, <laughs> makes you appreciate colleagues a lot more when you get to have some FaceTime. Well, I, I think that when you're together, you can be highly productive and move projects along very swiftly and very efficiently. Not that you can't when you're remote. Of course you can. But there is a different energy, I think, when people are together, and it's pretty interesting. I agree, and you got to be careful too, remotely, with the tone of your messages. <laughs> Sometimes, mm. when you're working remotely and using communication channels, it's very easy to take an unattended, unintended offense from someone's message. You have to learn about them. Yeah, do they, that's true. Do they, you know, write back a message that just says, "Yep," you know, right? Don't don't immediately think, oh my gosh, they're mad or angry. So you know, people are different. So yeah. when you're not face to face, you miss those those cues, intangible social cues. Yes, yeah, yes. things look very uh, black and white, which they are on the screen often when someone <laughs> says, um, you know, um, my my favorite example of that, Deirdre, is um, I, I think I asked somebody a question and they responded, that's fine. And, you know, you can take that a couple different ways. That's does that right. mean that's fine? I got it. Or does it mean fine? Like with attitude. Exactly. Right? And you're wondering, so, like, uh, what did I do? <laughs> and I think women and, I, you know, I hate to stereotype, but I think women, in, in my experience, I will say women have been more sensitive to the language of online Um and, uh, you know, so be a community. I think the best thing to do is just nip that in the bud and say, hey, everything all right? Yeah, just yeah. check in, check in. We're human. And again, keeping it real, um, you want to make that work. But I do think it's exciting that parents of children are able to have some of these options, which years and years ago were not even remotely an option. Um, many companies have moved back 
to having everyone in the office because it works best for their business. It obviously depends on the business, on the job at hand. But to know that working remotely when you're a parent of children uh, who are home with you and you're juggling um, school pickups and activities and doctor appointments and all the rest of it, to have a little bit of flexibility there. And people rise to that, right? They rise to that occasion and that uh, that ability. And I think that's that makes a lot of sense. It's true. And I think if, uh, if it, the smart leader, I think, uh, tries to create opportunities for people to get together. If you have sure. a 100% remote staff... Um, mm-hmm. I think if you can afford it, get get the team together. Yeah. That that will uh, increase teamwork and efficiency and product output and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right, Deirdre, we want to move to a really important parenting problem of the day and offer some solutions. Now, you're going to walk us through teen girls and clothing in summer. Yes, that I was talking to a friend. This comes from a friend who's, who shall remain nameless, but she was saying her daughter, who dresses very appropriately, now it's summer, clothes are coming mm. off, and she's kind of been asking her mom, you know, these girls are wearing this, could could I wear that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking like denim underwear. <laughs> it is bad out there. <laughs> so what do you do? You know, I'm right. the mother of boys. You're the mother of boys now, men. Both of us have these young men. But I think, now this is not having a daughter, it re- it's a conversation, and I think you got to draw some lines, mm-hmm. because that's your little girl. Some guidelines. That's right. Right. And uh, so, if your daughter wants to dress, you know, in what to you looks naked, <laughs> put, your, <laughs> put your foot down. And the bathing suits, I mean, if you go to Miami Beach or... Florida, the bathing suits have gotten ridiculous. They're like dental floss. It is bad. (laughs) So, Mom, this is for you to step in because the worth your daughter feels about herself Mm -hmm. a lot of times comes from you. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. I think that there is a way to look good and attractive without going so far that it's so revealing that, you know, it just doesn't make sense. You have to do what makes sense. And a picture can fly around the internet. Yeah, you that know, is true. So you don't want your daughter being the subject of any photos That's right. That's uh, right. around the world. So, But speaking of bathing suits, Deirdre, now coming to this as a mom, I don't like the bathing suit. I gave it I up know, a man. long time ago. <laughs> it is tough. And of course, everyone knows this, but you go into the worst, the, the absolute horrible worst lighting to try on your bathing suit why do they do that to I, us why it, don't it they be gentle lighting we should which, start a business we should with the soft lighting and the you know not the the th- three and four like and candles five one mirrors. candle give, give me a little sliver <laughs> of a mirror <laughs> and maybe a motivational coach a candle yeah. lit dressing room with a motivational coach and maybe wine a little salad on the side there you a go mas- a neck massage as you walk out because you're so stressed 
after seeing yourself in one of these deals? Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so yeah, and the girls have beautiful figures, a lot of them, and, mm. and all figures are beautiful, but uh, a mom can really come in handy uh, helping pick out the right suit. Yeah, that's so true. You know, because it's hard to, even friends can help other friends, you know, that's with a so style. True. We don't know what looks good on us. Yeah. We don't know what's too much. I've proven that many a time. <laughs> Well, listen, we've come to the end of this podcast already, which is hard to believe. Thanks, everyone, for joining us at Real Moms Get Real. Find us on Facebook and also look for us on Twitter. Tweet to us at Real Moms Too. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.